and we're back. Hello guys and welcome to the second episode of the series. Um, thank you so much for joining again if this is the second time or welcome if it's the first time. Um, I'm really grateful for the feedback that I've got from some of you and uh, I'm really hoping it's it's helpful guys. It's um, this stuff, the, the way I chose to share it um, is, is in a way... Um, of how it's been um, practical in my own life. Um, I just want I didn't just want to read a book and you know start um, sharing things that I haven't experienced. And so um, yeah, that's what it is. And um, just coming to today's um, message, um, it's 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 one of the most uh, important lessons I've learned. Uh, this battle and it's been so practical and so applicable i guess that's what practical means probably yeah yeah but yeah you know it's 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 very easy in terms of remembering it it's an acronym you know if you're a student uh, i'm sure you know about mnemonics and how they are very easy for an exam and everything um this is something like that and um let's get right into it yeah and so the the strategy um it's from desiring god it's also in the book um the seven deadly sins uh by john it's it's by a bunch of authors uh but the, the segment on last is written by john piper and he also has um an extended list um or rather an extended um approach to addressing these um, points in the in the acronym so i would encourage you to check the blog i've put the links um at the bottom of the page um you find them there uh, but yeah so the acronym is titled anthem um strategy um for fighting against sexual sin uh, particularly lust um, and even you know it manifests um as pornography as well so yeah so I'll just give a broad um, overview of it, um, going to a little break, and then I'll, I'll go through um, everything hopefully quicker uh, so that the episode is not as long as last time. Yeah, that was kind of uh, my bad, yeah. So, Anthem, right? A-N-T-H-E-M, Anthem. A for avoid, N for saying no, it's kind of a play on words there. T for turn, H for hold, E for enjoy, and M for move. So we'll be getting um, deeper into each of those uh, in a brief manner or in a more brief manner, whichever one works. You know, English is tricky. But yeah, um, and, and get to, to delve deeper on how we can apply these concepts, yeah? Let's get right to it. So, the first letter, A, which is for avoid, right? Um, what this is about is about avoiding the sources of temptation. You know, um, it's, it's, it's about not putting yourself at risk of falling. You know, the definition of temptation is an opportunity for you to sin. And when you avoid 
temptation. You avoid opportunities for you to sin. Um, check out Proverbs 5 verse 8. You know, it says, let your way um, in life be far from her. And it's talking about um, the strange woman or the harlot. And she says, and come not near the door of a house. And in the Amplified, it goes on to um, add, avoid the very scenes of temptation. Avoid the very occurrence, the very places where temptation occurs. Avoid those places. You know, um, so many times, um, again and again, the Bible says flee youthful lust, flee sexual immorality. The Bible beckons us again and again to flee from lust it it, it it says flee from it because when you when you go into it um so so some of you might be thinking of maybe first corinthians ten thirteen. you know it says in each every in every temptation that we face uh, god provides a way and there's no temptation which is beyond us and that is true but when you willingly go into a place where you know temptation exists do you think that your mind is set on resisting the temptation or giving in to the temptation? If you get what I'm saying, uh, more likely your mind is already swayed towards falling such that if you go into that situation, you are more likely to fall. Because um, what it is, is that God has grace. But the more we disobey, the, the less we experience God's grace, right? So, for example, um, this is not pertaining to directly to lust, but think of fornication, for example. If I have a girlfriend and we, we decide to spend time together, if I choose to go into a room where we are alone, where we can lock the door, things might get steamy, probably. Does God have grace for me to overcome the temptation? Yes, but God has also given me a warning in scripture. Check out Romans 13, 14, which says, But clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for indulging the flesh. Um, and it's, it, it goes on to describe, is that put a stop to thinking about evil cravings of your physical nature to gratify its desires. In other words, don't put yourself in a place where it's easy to sin. So the moment I put myself in that situation, I resisted God. And the, the thought that I would experience his grace to save me from sin, to help me overcome temptation in its fullest extent, is not the truth. Um, the more we disobey, the further um, we are from God's spirit. Um, we'll talk about this in another episode. But there's, there's the aspect, you know, where we, if we continually resist the Holy Spirit, his voice becomes distant. And that's what you do when you put yourself in a place where you are in danger of falling into sin. And so what we're saying is avoid places, avoid things that cause you to fall. Um, what am I talking about when it comes to lust? I'm talking about watch where you put your eyes. Watch what you choose to be your entertainment. Um, a couple of years back, um, you know, there was uh, a popular debate, um, and it's even there again, a podcast on the Game of Thrones series. Um, some of you know it. Um, it was a very sexually explicit um, series. Many of them are these days, um, and whatnot, whatnot. And there was this argument over, you know, does this make for edification? Is this what God has called us to do? To indulge in these um, things where 
now your appetite is being aroused for more it's much easier for you to come out from watching a series where um there's nudity and it's it's it might be mild or i don't know what you'd call that but it, it's it's easier for them for you to come out from there and fall into a deeper scene like pornography or something okay pornography is probably the worst but something like that and go out and start being um more uh more liable to fall into lust if you get what i'm saying so avoid um putting yourself at risk of sinning don't surf the internet if you don't have anything to do don't have your phone it in your bed at 1 a.m and you have nothing to do on the internet and you're busy surfing because an ad will pop up and guess what it might be explicit and the next thing you know you are knee deep and you know you've fallen and so avoid the very scenes of temptation strategy number 2 saying no so let's say you've done your best to avoid the very scenes of temptation you you don't surf the internet aimlessly you don't just let your eyes linger around you don't just watch any sort of entertainment that the world throws at you because you know it's not good for you but let's say an ad pops up you're just doing your schoolwork and an ad pops up and they do do that a lot of times i know um or someone is or just passing by and people are watching tv and a scene pops by where there's nudity or something even more explicit or whatever how are you supposed to respond because you have done what god has called you you've avoided uh but this thing has come into your space without your will and this is the point where you have to say no you have to resist the devil the bible says in james 4 verse 7 so be subject to god resist the devil stand firm against him and he will flee from you so you have to say no firmly um this might be a thought that is that comes into your mind you know a lustful thought maybe you see someone of the opposite sex and thoughts start um accumulating in your mind you could ah you know this could happen this could happen you must say no firmly uh sometimes you must do it even outwardly verbally like no um change your environment if it's something that's within your eyesight or visual field you must say no and look away and get out of that um out of that space you know um uh, one of the very encouraging testimonies that we have from scripture is that of Joseph um you know um in Genesis 39 verse 9 and I'm just quoting the last part you know when when he's tempted by Potiphar's wife and he says how then Potiphar's wife is saying you know sleep with me whatever whatever and he's saying how then can i do this great evil and sin against god and there's this um consciousness of joseph of what sin is of the great evil that is within sin and is even its consequences as we mentioned last time so we must say no with all our strength Uh, the Bible says again in 1 Peter 5:9 that resist him it's talking about the devil resist him firm in your faith knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brothers throughout the world everyone is facing this um this struggle you're not facing it alone that's why we are here and we're saying you're not alone this struggle is real and the devil is firing shots you know if if this is a barrel he has like okay i don't know <laughs> much about guns but you know think of the biggest gun you can like the one from um ah, 
No, no. I don't know if, if many of you remember the Terminator. There was this, the one with the spinning thingies and, you know, the six barrel. It's pretty cool. But, yeah, you know, he's got heavy ammunition, like a tank. Okay, you can think. I think most of you can imagine a tank. He's got heavy tanks, and we must resist um, if we are going to overcome. So you must say no, and you must do it wholeheartedly. Don't be like um, a no, yes. You know, like no, and you are there, and you, you, you stay there. Um, and you, you are not wholehearted and you're not um, willful in how you resist. So let's say no with all might and strength. Aspect number three, turning to a superior um, promise, to a superior affection, to a superior truth. Um, you know, there's something that is so... Um, it's funny, not, not in a hilarious way, but, you know, we all know sin is not good for us. I, I'm sure you know. Like in your best moments when you have a clear sight of what God's will is and what he said in his word, why he said it, you know that it's not good for you. You know that um, if you've ever watched pornography, if you've stumbled into it, if you've stumbled into lust, if you've stumbled into any sin, you know that when you come out of it, you don't come out of sin saying, "Ah, oh, yes, that was that was very nice," and you know you you continue thinking about it. There's a sense in which the body steers you that way, but we all know that there is regret and there is anguish and there's that separation we feel from God, and we are we are, you know, we, we are sad and we are guilty and we, we don't have joy even to fellowship or to serve God um, because of our sin. We know the lies that the devil says. You know, the devil is there and, you know, is tempting you. If you have maybe internet or whatever, like, you know, just open the tab. Just, you know, just click. It will be just some, some. And in that moment, um, he's, he's, he's giving you lies. Like, you know, this will satisfy. It, it, will be, it will be great. It will be like the greatest feeling, you know, whatever, whatever. And we know that this is a lie. We know that the devil is a liar. He's the father of lies. Jesus said it again and again um, that the devil is the father of lies. But if we keep focused on that, we'll never be free. We need to turn. After we've said no to the devil, after we've said no to temptation, we need to turn to the truth of Scripture. We need to turn to God. Um, practically, uh, for me, I've used prayer. And guys, I am not kidding you here. You must, you know, if, 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 if at this point you haven't uh, gotten anything yet, I need you to pay attention. Whenever I've engaged temptation and I go to God in that very moment and I start praying, God, help me, God, help me, God, please help me overcome. I've never stumbled and fell in that time. But when I choose to do it on my own or, you know, choose to use some funny strategy, whatever, I eventually fall or I definitely fall. What we're talking about is run to God in prayer. The way that God gets glory in our lives is by meeting our needs. We are needy people. We are fragile. We are weak. But God is strong. God is so strong and mighty. And we need to run to him for his glory. And because he is the one who overcame the enemy and overcomes the enemy through us again and again. And so we need to run to him. 
and um, the scripture um, that's coming into my mind is, is, is Colossians 3 verse 1 and 2 which says if then you've been raised with Christ seek things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God set your minds on things that are above and not on things that are on the earth for you have died and your life is hidden with God in Christ and with Christ in God and the picture of saying you have died you know, when someone dies physically, they, they no longer respond to physical stimuli. If I go and I poke them, if I cut them, um, you know, we do medicine, we, we have cadavers, you, you cut, you know, this that dead body and it doesn't respond, they don't bleed, they don't wince and they don't, they're dead, they don't respond to physical stimuli because they're dead in the flesh. And the Bible says we are dead to sin. It means we are no longer responsive. Sin, when, when we were Formerly without Christ, sin would come and it would push a button and would immediately um, obey its commands and it would fall into sin left, right and center. And I'm sure you know that. But what it's saying that you are dead to sin. You are not a slave of sin today. And um, one of the things I encourage you to practicalize this aspect of turning to a greater promise is to have a verse or a couple of verses that you know help and encourage you to fight this sin. Um, for me, I think of Romans um, 6, verse 11 to 13. Um, I can't quote it um, fully, but I can paraphrase it that, you know, do not submit. I think this is verse 13. I haven't put it down here. But it, it talks quickly. Do not submit your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but as, alive, as people who are alive from, from that death in sin, submit your members as instruments of righteousness to God. And I would picture myself in that moment, I'll be like, no, you know, devil, my body is not an instrument of unrighteousness. My body is an instrument of righteousness to God. And that would, that would get me through and it would strengthen me to know the truth because the truth is in Christ. God's word is truth, John 17, verse 17. And again, um, another encouragement is Hebrews 11, the heroes of faith. The Bible says again and again that they looked not at the things that they see that they saw, for example, like Moses, he um for he sacrificed the pleasures of sin in Egypt with whatever, whatever, and he looked to God's greater promises and so he left that. And so that's what we're being called to see the better promises, the truth that is in the God's word, that God is the one who satisfies and not sin. Sin is a lie, the devil is a lie, temptation um is going to bring if we give into temptation we are going to bring ourselves to die to, to death and even eternal damnation as we talked about last time again yeah. aspect number four hold um, the whole aspect with holding is the aspect of endurance imagine for a moment if i turned um, away from sin and if I turned to God's promises for just five uh, minutes or just five seconds and then I immediately let go you know John Piper gives this um, description of um, let's say you are a parent and um, you know you know those automatic garage doors that come down and you know your child is there by some chance and the garage door is coming down you can't reach the switch but you can reach the door in time uh, but you can't get your child out. Uh, basically, what I'm trying to to paint, the picture I'm trying to paint is one where you have to hold up the door in order to save your child. Um, they're, they're, let's assume that a child who doesn't 
who, who doesn't understand language yet maybe they are a toddler or someone who's crawling or whatever and like you're holding down you're holding up that door from crushing this 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 child of yours um think of how long would you hold that door um would you hold it like for a minute and be like ah you know i've hold, i've been holding this door for a minute you know uh, i'm sorry kiddo you know you gotta go and you just let the door go and you know it 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 kills or even harms the child. Actually, it harms or kills, since killing is more extreme. Yeah, you know that kind of um, picture. You know, I'm sure in your mind you'll be like, I hold it as as long as I can. If it's an hour, if if my fingers start bleeding, I would rather do that. If my fingers get chopped off, I would rather do that. Then let this door crush my child. I'm, I'm hoping that's the thought that you have. Because the life of a child is precious. Um, and you understand its value. It's the same with us. When we are to turn to God. When we are to resist the devil. We are to enjoy in that. We can't turn to God for just two minutes. And don't be like. Ah, you know, let me just go and give in to the sin. Because we know as we mentioned. That the objective is the salvation of our soul. Eternity is at stake, uh, my brothers and sisters. This sin is has grievous consequences, and we'll get more into this in, 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 in other episodes. But the consequences of sin are real. Jesus gives the warning in Matthew 5, and we read about that. So the Bible encourages us to let us no, not grow weary uh, or faint um, in doing what is right, for in due time we'll reap a reward. If if we do not lose heart, Galatians 6, 9, if is a conditional statement, we must not lose heart if we are to, if we are to, to, to receive the reward. Matthew 24, 13, but, in, but he who endures to the end will be saved. Um, what Jesus is saying is only he who endures to the end will be saved. If I was to follow Jesus for three weeks and give up and go back to the world, I will not be saved. Um, only him who endures, them that endure to the end, will be saved. Um, I won't read um, the whole of um, Hebrews 11 um, verse. Um, it's Hebrews. It must be Hebrews chapter um, chapter 10, rather. Sorry, verse 35 to 39. But I encourage you to read it. Um, you know, it says, "If anyone um, shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him." Uh, the last verse, verse 39, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and persevere uh, in their souls. And what God is saying to you, uh, Christian, is endure to the end. Continue fighting. When you, um, when you turn your mind to the truth of God, continue resisting the devil. If it's for 10 hours, continue. If you have to pray for an hour, do that. You cannot give in to this sin because you know what? The next time it's easier to give in. The next time it's easier and, and you, 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 you fall back again. And so you need to continue resisting. You must not give up. Pray. Pray to God. Turn to God. God will help you. But you must not lose heart. You must endure if you are to receive the reward. Um, our second from last strategy um, or our penultimate strategy if for those of you who are fancy and um, linguistic um, is enjoying um, God and it's enjoying but it's enjoying God in full 
and this is the most uh, I'd say one of I'd say it, it stands out um, for me um, it's so glorious in its um, application and in its reality um, and and uh, I, I can't even fully describe it but I'll try I'll try um, you know there, there's um, I, I, I don't know how many of you know um, Thomas Chalmers um, I think he was a guy from the 90s or 1800s I'm not sure now it's in the it's in the blog I, I, I didn't put it down here uh, so, so I didn't memorize it but he wrote a book um, titled um, The Expulsive Power of a Greater Affection. And I would sum it up as this. Um, you know, your heart is a thirst factory. Your heart cannot be without anything to satisfy it. Um, and so your heart, because it's, it's like a thirst factory, it always desires something. You cannot just immediately remove a certain desire and expect to live like that um, so let's say um, you used to watch TV a lot maybe like eight hours a day and you find out you know that it's stifling your growth um, spiritually or it's hindering your prayer life and you're like ah, okay tomorrow I will not watch TV at all you are going from eight hours of watching TV to zero and having nothing to do for that eight hours what do you think will happen? Hmm? Probably it will be much worse. Your frustration will be worse. You will relapse and you will probably be worse. You cannot do that. Your heart has affections. And what Thomas Chalmers basically talks about is for you to remove sin is by the power of a greater affection. And here we are talking about a greater affection for Christ, a greater affection for God, a greater desire for being satisfied in God. What sin promises is basically that I will satisfy you. Though it doesn't, it's it's like drinking salt water. I always um, struggle to understand why people worried about dying of thirst when they are at sea. I'm like, okay, you are literally swimming in water. You know, you could just drink. But the, the concept with salt water is that it increases your thirst. Um, it continues because of the salt. I will not go into metabolism and sodium homeostasis and whatnot. But but basically salt water makes you more thirsty more thirsty more thirsty and you become more and more dehydrated until you die from drinking that water that's what sin is like it it brings an appetite for more sin yet it still doesn't satisfy it's just creating a more unsatisfiedness um until you die though um biblically we know that you're already dead spiritually and you will die the second death because of sin but what we are talking about you know there, there are so many scriptures um that talk about um about having joy in god um i'm thinking uh primarily my thoughts were towards philippians 3 uh, verse 7 and 10 you know where paul says whatever every anything that i had is gain i count as lost for the sake of christ i count i count it all lost I count it all loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, for, for Jesus' sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, um, having his righteousness. And he continues and he continues. But basically what Paul is saying is that, you know, I would rather lose everything, everything else, money, reputation, whatever, so that I might obtain 
Jesus Christ, Jesus. You know, there's this uh, sort of popular um, statement that the reason that we are Christians is so that we are saved from hell. But primarily, the gospel, the gospel of God is to bring us to God, to be satisfied in God. Um, and so what it is, is that you are a Christian, not just so that you just escape hell. That's in the package. Yes, it is. But the, 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 the real joy of following God is you having God as your father, you having a relationship with God. That is the greatest, most important, um, I would say, I would say benefit. It's, it's like literally all that Christianity is. It's God. It's you getting to know God who is your father, who you were supposed to know, but you're separated because of sin. And so, um, again, you can look um, to Psalm, Psalm chapter 43, verse 4. Like I said, there are many verses. I won't get to all of them, which says, Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my exceeding joy. Yes, with all liar, I will praise you, O God, my God. And um, the psalmist says, God is my exceeding joy. Um, it's, 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 it's something that you, <laughs> I, I literally struggle to, to really express in, in verbal terms. It's, it's something that, that is more of an experience of how God satisfies all our needs. Um, you can look again to Jeremiah chapter 2, I think, um, about the broken cisterns. Guys, um, we really, if we are going to overcome lust, if we are going to overcome pornography, if you are going to overcome any sin, you need to have a superior affection for Christ. If you do not love God more than your sin, you will never give up your sin. You always cherish your sin and you protect it. But when you fall in love with God, everything else everything else will fade, fade away and that is the key last but not least um is the um aspect of move um i like to move it move it um yeah <laughs> um so it, it's it's um about resisting idleness um if you've heard the statement that an idle mind is the devil's workshop, um, this is what this is all about. Um, that when you are idle, when you just sit around and do nothing, the devil is more likely to get you to do something else that is wrong, right? So this also can mean, like what I said at first, that you know, surfing the internet aimlessly. If you if you struggled with pornography or you do it will cause you to fall. You are idle. You are not doing anything productive. You are surfing the internet. Like, I don't even know. But you will not... You will not have any good ending. I promise you. Being idle, just sitting around doing nothing, just letting your eyes linger wherever and wherever. You know, the Bible says in, um, in Titus 2, um, I'll, I'll just read verse 14. But uh, for you to get the whole gist of the matter, just read from Titus 2, verse 11 up to 14, which says, so I'm reading verse 14, which says, who gave, talking about Jesus, who gave himself to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. You know, when the word zeal or zest, it talks of great rigor and energy. 
um, enthusiasm for good works. That's what God is saying. When Christ died on that cross, he did not die for you to sit around and binge watch one series. I know entertainment is a good thing. Um, maybe we'll address that on a separate note. I have addressed it in, in another uh, blog post. Uh, maybe you you, you you find it um, about, about entertainment and the theology of rest. Um, that, you know, think of you coming to the end of your life standing there on the day of judgment be before the throne of jesus christ and he asks you you know what did you do with the life that i gave you and imagine you having to say i watched ten thousand movies i mean it, it, it might make you very popular among people because you know everything but for you to give account for your life on that day and all you have to show is series and movies and these things that have no value in eternity I don't think that's a good thing for you. I definitely don't think, and it's not what God has called you to do. So definitely, you'll be in a bad place. Um, God has called us to be zealous for good works. Literally, this is what Christ died for. And you need to think of it like this. If Christ died for something, and you resist that for which he died, you literally fight against the purpose for which Christ died. What am I talking about? Us being idle and not doing um, the work that God has called us to do is to strive against the cross, to strive against the gospel and all that it's about. Um, check out Ephesians 2.10, which says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, that we may do good works, which God predestined, God planned beforehand, so that you would do these things, um, to walk in them, um, so, so there the, the, the is work that God has cut out for you. It's like, Nini, if I have a farm and you guys are my workers, I come and I say, hey, Shaman, this part you are supposed to plant seed or to remove weeds in this, in this part. If you go and you play your Xbox or you play FIFA or you do something else, that's not bad within itself. You've still failed the task which I've given you. That's the picture that's being painted, that God has good works for you to do. God has gifts that he has given you. God has opportunities that he has given you. God is, is expecting a return. Think of the parable of the talents. God has talents that he's given you. He's expecting a return. He's not expecting you to bury it in the ground. Go and, um, and, and, you know, and, 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 and start gaming all day and watching movies all day. There are people who are waiting to hear the gospel. There are people who are waiting... Um, to, 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 to receive encouragement, to receive um, healing, for, to receive your prayers, to whatever that God has put in you for the world, God expects you to put that out. And if you sit around and you're idle, um, not only will you fall into the sin of sexual immorality more easily, you're more easily to fall into pornography and lust when you're just idle and you're not intentional about how you're spending your time. But no, more so, you are also missing the opportunity to make an impact in the world and to do that for which God has called you um, to be. So I do hope um, these things are practical. I do hope um, that you find them relatable and applicable. Um, I, I hope you do comment, you do interact wherever, from wherever, and um, I do hope... Um, God would continue to help us in this battle, guys. There's so much 
um, freedom and abundant um, abundance of life that is to be found in Christ. But we gotta pursue it. Um, Jesus Christ has not made us sitting ducks by saving us. He's freed us for action, and um, we need to take intentional steps in obeying Him um, using the means that He's given us. So be encouraged, uh, and may God bless you in the name of Jesus.